God had said, and he's replying to the Lord, Lord Allah here. And he's replying, Lord Allah is replying to you. Indeed, we are creatures of the jungle, and we are searching after hunting dogs like you. One who is freed from the entanglement of death has no fear from the loose talk in which you are indulging, for you are bound up by the laws of death. Please repeat. The personality of Godhead said. Personality of Godhead said. First, you want to put the control and do the screen so everyone can see. Indeed, we are creatures of the jungle. Indeed, we are the creatures of the jungle. And we are searching after hunting dogs like you. And we are searching after hunting dogs like you. One who is freed from the entanglement of death. One who is freed from the entanglement of death. Has no fear from the loose talk. Has no fear from the loose talk. In which you are indulging. In which you are indulging. For you are bound up. For you are bound up. By the laws of death. By the laws of death. Purport by his divine grace, Srila Demons and atheistic persons can go on insulting the personality of Godhead. But they forget that they are subjected to the laws of birth and death. They think that simply by decrying the existence of the Supreme Lord or is defying his stringent laws of nature, one can be freed from the clutches of birth and death. In Bhagavad Gita it is said that simply by understanding the transcendental nature of God, one can go back home, back to Godhead. But demons and atheistic persons do not try to understand the nature of the Supreme Lord. Therefore, they remain in the entanglement of birth and death. Ranjana? Jala? Ani? Oh. Thank you. Sri Bhagavan Uvacha Sacham Bayam Bhovana Gauchara Amrika Yusmad Vidan Mrikai Grama Sinha Namrichu Pashai Pratimuktas Yavira Vikantanam Tavagranam Jabadra. The personality of Godhead said, Indeed, we are creatures of the jungle, and we are searching after hunting dogs like you. One who is freed from the entanglement of death has no fear from the loose talk in which you are indulging, for you are bound up by the laws of death. Mokam karoti pachalam pangam lajayatikidim najatkripatamaham vandehi sri guru madiratarinam So, the Lord is replying to the insults and the uh, macho talk of Hiranyaksha who's trying to bully the Lord and says he's going to dispatch him. So right away, the Lord says, yes, I'm just like an animal in the jungle, and I want to kill a dog like you. So he's calling him a dog. Gramya uh, Singha. He's not a real Singha. Not the king of the forest, but he's just a village dog. Which is not much of a compliment. <laughs> Call someone the village dog. You're just a village dog. So that's a very low, insignificant, and uh, 
inauspicious position. So, thank you. You are very kind. <clears throat> and then he's also chastising him that your, your bluster and bluff is just loose talk, but I have no fear of you because he's the personality of Godhead. And he is freed from death. He's not subject to birth and death, like the conditioned soul is. George Rickert is playing the Sirot. Is that scam okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the terror world is a scam. And Hiranyaksha is trying to scam the Lord. Although he's very self-confident, self-assured, and convinced of the validity of his bluff and bluster. But his apparent potency is nothing compared to that of Lord Varaha, who's the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who plays with him just like a cat plays with a mouse before he bites his head off. Uh, but nonetheless, this is the Lord's Leela. So the Lord enjoys the challenge and the fight, even though in an auction, he doesn't stand a chance. He's nothing compared to the Lord, even though he thinks he's so great. And the demons are always like that. They think they're so great, they're so wonderful, they're so taken with themselves and so proud of their uh, opulence and their intelligence and their position. Yet, um, it's all borrowed plumes. It's stolen from the Lord, and they want to use it in defiance of and against the Lord. But that potency that Hiranyaksha has, and he's a powerful demon. The only, the only demon more powerful than him would be Hiranyakashipu, his brother. Otherwise, he's the top dog, and everyone's afraid of him. But that potency is just a reflection of the Lord's potency. And he's borrowed it from the Lord, and he thinks he can use it for whatever he wants to do, his own purposes, his own enjoyment. But he's going to get a good lesson from the Lord who will dispatch him. And similarly, his brother, Hiranyakashipu, was very upset when he saw that his son, the great devotee Prahlad, was not afraid of him, and indeed was defying his wishes uh, in their domestic situation there in the palace. And he chastised him, what, what gives you the power to defy me? What makes you think that your power is greater than mine? Because he's a demon. 
he's always, you know, demons are very full of this bluff and bluster. You know, my dog's bigger than your dog, like the kids in the neighborhood, right? And play this one-upmanship game. Or people in general are playing this upmanship game that's called keeping up with the Joneses. And one person on the block gets a new car. And then a um, nice new shiny car, park it out in the driveway where everyone see very nice expensive car. Then the neighbors, uh, the neighbor's wives start bugging their husband. They have a nice car. Why are we driving this old heap? You know, they get to look at them. They have such a nice car. We have this piece of junk. You know, what kind of provider are you for your family? You also should put get a very nice car that we can proudly display in our driveway. Keeping up with the Joneses. Um, teenagers are very much subject to this uh, peer pressure when they see their friends in school have a certain uh, article of clothing or a certain pair of shoes then they have to have that pair of shoes also to keep up. They want to be cool. They want to be like their friends. I remember when I was in maybe fifth or sixth grade, there were these shoes. They called them track shoes, but they weren't really track shoes. They were just cheap shoes. They had like three stripes on each side. They're black shoes with three white stripes on each side. And that was cool. That was what was in style. That was what was in fashion. And I remember I had to have those shoes. I bugged my mother. And of course, she relented and bought those shoes, which were just cheap shoes. They were expensive. Just cheap shoes from the Kmart. So, Later on, those Kmarts became a place of pilgrimage because devotees used to do sankirtan in the Kmart parking lots, distributing books and collecting money from the people. I did that myself in many a Kmart parking lot in places in Ohio and Pennsylvania and Tennessee and other such places. That was before Walmart. So the Kmart was, and like I remember this one Kmart um, in this small town in Maine. Abu is the only dog in the material world who wants to hear Bhagavatam. He's so eager to get the association of devotees. He wants to take part. Like, why are you leaving me out here? I'm a devotee also. Give me prashad and let me hear the class. That's the enthusiasm a devotee should have. Just let me hear the class and then I'll take a little prashad after. So this one parking lot in Maine, we were living in the Boston Temple. It was about an hour drive up to the state line and we'd go into Maine and do Sankatan. And people in Boston were very tough, very hard-edged. It's not easy Sankatan with the Bostons. They were tough, jaded. But up in Maine, the people were very sweet and rural. Uh, so we would do Sangertown up there. And I remember one Saturday morning, starting off from the parking lot, and the collection was very big. Everybody was giving very generously because the people were just sweet. They get their, they work all week in the factory, 
And then they call on Saturday to the Kmart to shop. And there they encounter a devotee and, and give generously and take it back to Godhead Magazine. So those are some fond memories of the Kmart. <laughs> Performing devotional service. And we'd almost never get thrown out of the Kmarts. They didn't have security or nobody cared. As long as you got them coming out, right? Yeah, oh no, never get, never get them going in. Let them, let them go in and get them on the way out. Yeah, that's part of the science. So, the, the demons, the non devotee persons, they want to defy the authority of the God, just like Hiranyakashipu. He was saying to Prahlad, where did where do you get your power to defy me? I'm the most powerful demon. I'm more powerful than you. How, how can you defy me? That is simply not possible. Where do you get your power? Because he had taken over the whole universe and Herod's son was not complying with his wishes. And Prahlad very nicely told him that the source of your power and the source of my power is the same. It is all coming from the Supreme Lord. He's also the source of your power. Your power is not independent, as great as you think you are. You've just borrowed your potency from the Lord temporarily. And Hiranyakashipu was completely enraged by this. He could not stand this insubordination of his son who was simply a humble, pure devotee of the Lord. Yeah, he couldn't stand either. And then, where is this God of yours? And Prahlad said, God, God is everywhere. There's nowhere you can look where you can't find him, because he's everywhere. He's the source of everything. And then, of course, Aranyagashi foolishly said, is he in this pillar? If he's everywhere, he's in the pillar? Oh, yes, Father, he's in the pillar. And then he pulled out his sword and struck the pillar as hard as he could. And then this incredible, loud, explosive sound came forth from the pillar that sounded like it was going to crack the entire universe. And Lord Nishinga came out of the pillar, much to the astonishment of Aranyakashipu. So devotees, they always surrender to Krishna. And the demons, they never surrender to Krishna. They do everything save and accept surrender to Krishna. So Srila Prabhupada refers here in the last sentence of the purport, the last two sentences. He says, in Bhagavad Gita, it is said that simply by understanding the transcendental nature of God, one can go back home, back to Godhead. Simply. So that's what Krishna says. Janma karma chame divyam evam yoveti tattvataha chaktva deham punar janma naiti mameti sorjina. That if you understand everything about Krishna, janma karma chame divyam, his birth, his appearance, which is not like ordinary birth. So you have to understand that his transcendental appearance, Janma Karma, his transcendental activities, 
to me divyam, divyam means transcendental. If you understand all about, Krishna says, my appearance and my activities, which are transcendental, evam yoviti tattvataha, understanding this tattvataha factually, not through speculation, but by hearing um, from the Shastra and from the realized devotees, then you can understand the uh, factual situation of the Lord in his transcendental appearance and his performance of his transcendental activities. Then when you understand that perfectly, transcendentally, uh, you don't take another birth. Punar means again, janma, another birth. No more birth and death. That's the last one. When you become fully Krishna conscious and penetrate into the mystery of understanding Krishna through devotional service, then you're not required to take another birth. You're done. You've paid the piper and you can go back home. Back to God. Naitima, not again, will you. Punardama. But there's another kind of punar that happens, uh, aside from punar janma, is punar bhava. You know the story of punar bhava musika? Musika means mouse. Right now I'm having one mouse. <laughs> Who's moved into my place and he's merrily dancing around the place looking for something. He's not getting anything to eat. I don't know what he's doing there, but he's there. So, yeah. Punar Baba Musika. There was one uh, sage who was meditating and he was approached by the mouse. And the mouse said, my dear sage, I know that you have many mystic powers and you can give a benediction if you like. I'm being chased and harassed by the cat because the cat is chasing the mouse and finishing him off. So can you make me a cat? All right. Poof. Become a cat. So then he's a cat, he's enjoying life very nicely. Now he's chasing the mouse. But then he finds himself being chased by the dog. So he goes back to the sage. Thank you for making me a cat, but now I'm being harassed by the dog. Can you make me a dog? All right. You are now a dog. So he becomes a dog. Very good. No more cat problem. But then he finds himself... If he ventures near the edge of the village, then the tiger is coming. So he goes back to the sage. I appreciate all you've done for me so far, but now I'm being harassed by the tiger. Can you make me a tiger? (laughs) If you think that'll make you happy, all right. Now you are a tiger. And then he becomes a tiger. And then he looks at the sage and he starts licking his lips. Hmm, you are very pure, delicious looking sage. I think I'm going to eat you. So he rears back and opens his claws to attack the sage, and the sage says, Punar Bhava Musika, again become a mouse. (laughs) (laughs) So all his 
efforts to solve his problems of life by becoming more powerful than his adversaries brought him not, and he again became a mouse. So there's also a lesson for that in devotees. Because by taking to Krishna consciousness, um, so many wonderful things are uh, effected in one's life. Uh, one becomes gradually free from the lower modes of nature, of passion and ignorance. One becomes elevated through practice of bhakti yoga to the mode of goodness. And one becomes purified through hearing and chanting and serving Krishna, associating with devotees, taking prasadam. Uh, this whole bhakti process, which is a complete package of engagement for the mind and the senses. Uh, so one becomes free from the suffering that one was previously entangled in, in the lower modes of nature. So if one is not careful, he can think foolishly, oh, now I've got it made. Now I'm really enjoying life like anything because Krishna consciousness is full of happiness. Full of happiness. So now I, my life is so nice, full of happiness. So let me indulge in some sense gratification because now I can really enjoy it because I'm clear, I'm free. And now I can really taste what sense gratification is all about. Before I was so covered, I didn't even know anything. But now I have a higher taste and I have a higher standard of life. So let me just sneak in a little sense gratification there. Mm. Life will be good then. But what happens? Uh, you become attached to that, you lose your potency, and punar bhava musika, back down you go. We don't want that to happen. But that is a, pres a clear and present danger if one is not vigilant on the path of bhakti to perform one's activities and protect oneself. In the section of the Chaitanya Charitamrita, where the Bhakti Lata Bija, the seed of the creeper of devotion, is discussed, it is explained that having received the Bhakti Lata Bija from the spiritual master, one sows that seed in one's heart and one nourishes it, just like one nourishes a creeper, a plant in a garden, by watering the plant. But one also has to protect that bhakti lata bija by building a fence around it and carefully protecting it from adverse uh, elements. Just like when you have a garden, you know, you have rabbits or deer come. Uh, just like in our temple in DC, in the summertime they grow a lot of flowers, a lot of marigolds. But there's a lot of deer in the neighborhood which is very wonderful to have deer in one's neighborhood. So many deer in the area. Um, but they have to have a very high fence around the marigolds. Otherwise, the deer will eat them all. So they have to have a fence that's high enough that the deer won't jump over it. So they have to protect the uh, 
cultivation of the flowers by putting up a fence around it. So in the same way that Bhakti Lata Bija needs to be fenced in also. So the watering process is hearing and chanting. That's how we water the creeper. And then the fencing process is the association of devotees, which protects us. If we have surrounded by the association of devotees on all sides, then we're protected from adverse influences. Uh, that is the first, um, that is one of the important principles when Lord Chaitanya was asked, what is the symptom of a Vaishnava? What did he say? That the character of a devotee, asatsangatyag, he gives up tyag, asatsanga, association with persons who are not devotees, persons who are interested in enjoying this material world. Because the devotees are not interested in enjoying the material world. The devotees are interested in serving Krishna. And those who are not devotees, no matter how great they may be in material estimation, they're carried away on the chariot. Rata, just like Rata Yatra. Rata means a big chariot. So instead of being carried away on the chariot of the gods, they're carried away on the Manarata, the chariot of the mind, which is always hankering for sense gratification. Accepting that which is external to be of true value in reality. Whereas it is that which is internal which is of the true value in reality. So Bhagavad Gita extols the virtues of the internal life again and again. The one who is satisfied within himself, taking pleasure in the self, seeing the super soul, the supreme self, he is situated properly. And he can go back home, back to God. Not one who is uh, searching hither and thither for some morsels or scraps of enjoyment in the material world. Of course, someone may have a very high position and their level of enjoyment is very, very high because of their karma. And someone else just may be like these homeless people in the street, just scrapping and scraping for some, you know, rimming of a cigarette butt or some, <laughs> it's true. They're looking, it's like the bird is pecking, and pecking, pecking, pecking. Oh, I found one, it's got like three millimeters left. So their karma is not very good and they're very impious, and they're very sinful, and they're very unfortunate. And so they're groveling to try to scrape out some little bit of enjoyment. And it's so sad to see that. It's very distasteful to see it. So we're fortunate that we're not in that position. Uh, you know, they have this expression, there but by the grace of God go I. So if you see someone suffering, really ensconced in the modes of nature. That could, that could have been me. That perhaps was me in my last life or in some previous life. So that could be me too. But by the grace of God, when one is given the gift of this bhakti lata bija, sowing the seed of Krishna consciousness, 
in the heart, then one begins to open up one's actual experience and taste life on the transcendental spiritual platform where the real happiness is to be found, not in the cigarette butts and the junk and the crap on the ground. Uh, you know, just like you see these people, they're always trying to beg some money so they can get some intoxication. So it's not very intelligent. And maybe you, if you feel some compassion giving something, I remember there was a, there's a guy at the, by the freeway in the left turn lane going onto the freeway. And uh, I gave him a samosa. I just happened to have a, a leftover samosa from Govinda. It's wrapped up in plastic. I don't know whether he took it or, I mean, he took it. I don't know whether he ate the whole thing or, but, uh, you know, the person in the modes can look at a beautiful thing like a wonderful samosa, just throw it away like, who wants that garbage? You know, but some intoxication, oh, yeah. Or some old, stale, putrid meat, oh, very nice. Because they're attracted to the mode of ignorance. So we don't want that to happen to us. Punar Bhava Musika. And I've seen this Punar Bhava Musika. I have seen devotees. I remember one devotee. He was a cook in the, in the New York Temple in Manhattan. And then he came to Boston. And he was really into kirtan. And he had a little tape player and some earbuds. And he was always listening to kirtan. He said, oh, I got this great tape, Prabhu, this kirtan of so-and-so, it's so wonderful. He would love to listen to kirtan. And then somehow or other, he merged back into the material energy. And I saw him on the street. And he was just, he wasn't there anymore. He was just a madman, homeless, wasted. His entire Krishna consciousness completely covered over and I was astounded that that could even happen. And a devotee friend of mine says, yes, we have to be careful because that could happen to us too. I said, that could never happen to me. Not like that. And he said, as long as you're staunch in your practice of Krishna consciousness and you're hearing and you're chanting your rounds, you're following the regular principles, that cannot happen to you. But if you become slack in some way, then it can. We know the story of Maharaj Bharata. He was on the platform of Bhava. He was, his Krishna consciousness was very powerful. But then he was living alone in the forest and there was, uh, a deer was, came to drink some water out of the creek by his ashram. And just then a lion roared and the deer was pregnant. And so the deer immediately gave birth and ran away. And he became very compassionate upon the baby deer just laying there, helpless, no mother. So he took it in and he began to feed it. And he became very attached in affection to this deer. It was his pet deer. Very cute, little, soft, fuzzy deer, baby deer. So sweet and innocent and affectionate. And he was caring for the deer. And then he would be trying to chant his Gayatri Mantra and the deer would be like nuzzling with a little wet nose. And he became lost in affection for this deer. And then one day he couldn't find the deer anywhere. 
The deer had gone into the forest and didn't come back like he did every day to take shelter there in the ashram. And he was lamenting, he was looking for the deer. And at that time he was getting old. And then he stumbled and fell off a cliff. And he lost his life and he was absorbed in meditation on the deer. In his next life, even though he was the fabulous Maharaj Bharata, the self-realized saintly person, he took his next birth as a deer. But that was not an ordinary deer because he was, after all, Maharaj Bharata. He was a Jati Smara. Jati Smara means, Jati means birth, Smara means to remember. One who is Jati Smara, he remembers his previous life. So even though he was obliged to take that deer birth, he remembered who he was and why that happened. And he was very determined not to allow that to happen again. Then after that deer birth, he again became a human being, Jadabharata. But this time, he wasn't going to let Maya get him. So he acted like he was a, a, a village idiot. Couldn't do anything right, couldn't follow instructions. Uh, he acted like a dumb and crazy fellow, but actually he was self-realized. And then, at some point, there was a king, Maharaja Hugana, was passing through the area where Jadabharat was living, and one of his palaquin bearers, the king would be right on the palaquin, carried by four men. One of the palaquin bearers uh, became disabled and couldn't perform his service. So the king's men went out looking for a suitable uh, person to carry the palaquin, and they came upon Jadabharat who, although acting like a dummy, he was very stout and strong. So they recruited him. They took him. They inducted him into the king's service uh, to carry one leg of the palaquin. But he was not really very attentive to his palaquin carrying duties because as he was carrying the palaquin, he saw a little ants in the path, and because he's a self-realized devotee, he didn't want to step on the ants and injure them. So he was not carrying his part smoothly, and it was a bumpy ride for the king. And so the king said, what is going on? Why is the palaquin being jerked about like this? I'm the king, I, you know, I'm very powerful, I'm very rich, I require a smooth ride for my service. And they said, well, your highness, it's this new guy. He's not doing his job very good. And so the king chastised him. Oh, you fool, you rascal. You can't even carry the palaquin properly. And then Judd Bartha finally opened his mouth and began to speak. And he spoke the words of a self-realized person. It says, you're, ch you're chastising me because I'm your... You're thinking that I'm the king and he's the servant carrier. You're thinking I'm this body and you're so proud and puffed up with the position. But actually the spirit soul is bewildered thinking that I am this body. It'd be an instruction in transcendental knowledge. And the king was a very cultured person. He realized this is a great sadhu. And he got down and he offered his obeisances and he begged him, you please instruct me now in Krishna consciousness. So that's the story of Maharaj, Abharata and Jandabharata and the deer. But we don't want to do that Punar Baba Musika, again, become a mouse program.
So we have to be very careful to protect our Krishna consciousness by the association of devotees, by following the regular principles, living the pure lifestyle of Krishna consciousness, chanting our rounds attentively every day. And then we'll be protected and Krishna will be pleased with us. He'll take care of us. But if we desire to veer off the path, then it is very dangerous indeed. Because Maya is so tricky. One little thing she can take you away. Bhagavad Gita says, even one of the senses, even a learned person, if he focuses his consciousness on one of the senses, he can be swept away. Just like a boat on the water is swept away by a monsoon storm. And that's a very highly learned, elevated person. What to speak of an ordinary devotee. So we have to be careful. But by Krishna's grace, if we follow nicely, then we'll be protected. Always in our Krishna consciousness. And in closing, I would like to chant the verse from the Das Avatar Stotram by Jayadev Goswami, verse number three, which glorifies uh, Lord Varaha. You know the verse we sing every morning. Tavakala kamala varena kamabhuta sringham dalita hiranyakashi putana bringham keshavadrita nara harirupa jai jagadish hare jai jagadish hare jai jagadish hare That is verse number four from the Das Avatar Stotram, which is part of Gita Govinda by Jayadev Goswami, which was very much relished by Lord Chaitanya. The poetry of Jayadev and the songs of Chandidas especially were relished by him. So verse number three states, Vasati dasane sikare dharani tavalagna shashini kalanka kalila nimagna keshavadrita shukara rupa Shukara, Keshava Grita Shukara Rupa. Shukara means the boar. Shukara Rupa. Lord Varahade. So the translation is given here. O Keshava, O Lord of the universe, O Lord Hari, who have assumed the form of a boar. Shukara Rupa. Rupa means form. All glories to you, the earth which had become immersed in the Garbadak ocean at the bottom of the universe, sits fixed upon the tip of your tusk, like a spot upon the moon. Very poetic description uh, of Lord Varaha. So we'll stop here and ask for any uh, realizations about these subject matters about protecting oneself and not, again, becoming a mouse. Like Lord Varahade was talking about Rama Simhatru, then it's a dog. But sometimes Pierre Hodges also compared himself to the dog in that kind of way. And like the dog, like what we have talked about, let me become a dog of the Lord. There's a difference between 
humbly saying that I'm just low like a dog and then being called a dog by someone else. <laughs> so here Lord Varaha is calling her, I'm actually, you just like a dog in the village. It's very common in India to chastise somebody and always say, hey, cuckoo. Oh, yeah? All the time, cuckoo, just like I always tell my son to say, hey, sometimes. <laughs> yes, but to become the dog of Krishna is glorious. And therefore, Prabhupada said we have the Kanti Mala. Which, by the way, devotees always say Kunti Mala. It's not Kunti Mala. Mala means necklace. Kanta means neck. So it's Kunti, it's Kanti Mala. Kunti Mala would be the beads worn by Queen Kunti. <laughs> yes, these are not Kunti's beads. This is Kanti Mala, neck beads. Uh, and this is our dog collar that signifies we are the servant of Krishna. Krishna's dog. And we are very happy to take that position. Krishna, just consider me your dog, throw me some scraps, and let me follow you around and be your servant. But you are my master, and I'm just humbly just doing whatever your bidding is. Let me sit by your door and render some service. Anyone else? Yes. I've seen um, over the years people like the great son that are doing all the things, but Inwardly judging others for not being as staunch or whatever, and then they end up being Yeah, well, we want to we protect ourselves. There's another devotee I know. Prabhupada disciples, these are both Prabhupada disciples. He, uh, I saw him sometimes here and there in different temples, shaved up, doing nicely. And then later I saw him under the bridge in Miami, living with a bunch of homeless guys. And his, we used to do um, Harinam at the uh, Metro Central there in Miami. Uh, they didn't have a train, and there's a terminal there downtown, the main train station. We had a permit, and we would do Harinam there, electric Harinam, with a loud speaker. Generator. It was, it was nice. A lot of sweet people there. The Spanish people were very sweet. And then this devotee, his eyes were like glazed over. And he was so covered over by the mouth. Like you see, like a homeless person. And I was like, what happened to you, Prabhu? Oh, God, Prabhu, I was so much my, you know, you smell the alcohol and it's all dirty and this happened to a Vaishnava, or aspiring Vaishnava. So before we think, Prabhupada said, don't think you're a big, big Vaishnava. He said, we are trying to become Vaishnavas. A Vaishnava is a glorious one thing. Srila Prabhupada is a Vaishnava, a real devotee of the Lord. So to see that, that was, I just was stunned. When I saw his, his eyes were just glazed over, just covered over. His vision was covered by the desire to enjoy. That's what it is. Anyone else? All right, we'll stop here. Shri Prabhupada Ki, Lord Rahade, killing her on Ki.